Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Wednesday, September the 23rd, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169, and press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us, and we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and it's an honor to have everybody here who chooses to join us every day that you choose to join us. We are officially in the the fall season, although being in Hattiesburg, Mississippi today, where it's probably in the high 80s, it doesn't feel like fall at all. We've uh, come down here to visit a young lady who's sitting in front of me, and she's going to be part of our conversation today. This is Susan Dunlap, and uh, she just recently celebrated being around the sun 93 times, and we figured out that it's about 37 years ago that we first met, and she and her husband used to sponsor workshops in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. So every time I got into this part of the country, Boone uh, and Susan would uh, would welcome me and put me up for a day or two or five, and, and we'd be doing workshops at their home and study groups and uh, just all kinds of stuff. So so it's just an honor and a delight. We're on our way to uh, Monroe, uh, Louisiana, to uh, to speak at a uh, a pastor's conference, actually. And uh, it uh, brought us within about four hours of uh, of Hattiesburg. So we decided to make a little uh, detour to get to say hello to Susan and spend a little time with her. So, Susan, uh, I would love to hear a little bit about your story and uh, just how the work has impacted your life over these last 37 years. Uh, my husband Boone and I thought we had a very good relationship until we met uh, Michael, and his lectures suddenly woke us up to the fact that it could be improved. And uh, we uh, included as much of 
of uh, his instruction in our reorganization of, of family and uh, have lived by it pretty much all uh, uh, since then on uh, and my, my husband died in 2002 but we didn't have any arguments not real arguments this this uh, agreements but uh, calmly solved one of the things that uh, is quite memorable for me with Susan is that I'd hear from her every once in a while saying, somebody in the family is getting married, I need to order another commitment mug. And I don't know how many commitment mugs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't carry those anymore because they're just too heavy to carry. But I don't know how many commitment mugs over the years you'd order. Every time somebody got married, you'd get another mug and send it to me. <laughs> I think about eight. And... Uh, uh, the last one I had got dropped and broken, and Michael found one long last cup. Yep, in the cupboard of the house. And uh, sent it to me, and I was so glad to have it again because that was my code. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we're sitting here with, uh, with a miracle lady that started with miracles long before, uh, before I showed up in her life. And one of the miracles I remember them telling me about is they were, their home was in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. And there was a, mm-hmm. or pardon me, Long Beach at that time. That was before you went to Bay St. Louis. And, uh, there was a hurricane. Which hurricane? Mm-hmm. Camille. Hurricane Camille. And, uh, Susan was on the phone standing beside a stool with her purse on it. And emergency, the hurricane struck, and they had to get out. So she, off they went. And when they came back after the storm was over, the purse which she had forgotten and left, leaving in such a hurry, was still sitting on the stool beside the phone. The rest of the house was gone, but her purse and the stool were there. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the stool was gone too, but the purse there where the stool had been, and uh, intact. Yes. But everything usable. We were very fortunate people. That's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So, if you were to uh, share the perhaps the most important lesson that you've taken from uh, from doing this work over the last thirty-seven years, Susan, what would it be? Reinforcement of a lot of things that we have been studying previously, and. Uh, all of a sudden, they were much more logical, much more uh, goals easier to set than they had been before. Uh, Michael is a great teacher and a great influence. And uh, I think anybody who knows him loves him. I accept. I especially accept the energy with which you say that. Thank you, Susan. So, uh, as I say, we're here in Hattiesburg. We'll, we'll be here for another couple of hours with Susan, and then we'll be heading on down the road to uh, to speak at a place called Where Grace Happens in Monroe, Louisiana. So that's our, our next stop. We're keynoting a three-day conference there, and then we'll be heading back on to, uh, to Theodosia. 
to get ready for a crew that's going to show up. Uh, Terry Bowling is going to be coming down and joining us, and Stuart, whose voice you heard on the show from Colorado, is going to be heading our way this next weekend, and we're having a gathering in Heartland and looking at what comes next with uh, with the upgrading of the facility and the work that needs to be done. <clears throat> And just moving the whole project forward to the next level. So, if uh, if anybody feels inclined and you'd like to come join us for the weekend, uh, bring your work shoes and uh, work gloves, and uh, we'll be doing some work projects on uh, on the property as well as uh, some planning for how things are going to unfold and open. In the meantime, Jeannie, is Dr. Tim with us today? Well, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see how that young man is, Dr. Tim. I'm doing quite well, thank you. We had a, um, I don't know where you dropped off on the show yesterday, but we had a little bit of a discussion about the 10,000 hours and the factors that Malcolm Gladwell talked about necessary to master something or become a master at something. And then we had a call from somebody who's out in uh, Nevada with Dr. Andraki's group, and... Um, this gentleman is facing dealing with the loss of his daughter-in-law to a critical illness, and then two mm. months ago, the suicide of his son, who decided he couldn't live without his wife. Wow. So the gentleman that called in yesterday was dealing with a double loss, the second one, his son's suicide, and it was, as you might imagine, very powerful, emotional. <clears throat> and then last evening, when I went to the group, we watched the first half of Getting the Stress You Need. And we had a smaller group than normal. We had um, five people there plus me. And that led to quite a discussion because in the in the lecture, you, you draw the diagram of the human head with the filters over Rachma, over intention, and Kuba over perception, and you outline three possible filters over intention, hostility, fear, or rachma, and three possible filters over perception, hostility, fear, or kuba. And the discussion afterwards focused on <clears throat> the primary thing was several people in the room have had the experience that there needs to be another filter because they don't believe that sadness or grief has hostility or fear in it, and a couple people said they experience it more as a gentler, a softer energy with something more with love. So there, the discussion went on, and of course then it went, because sadness was the topic, then it went back to the phone call of the gentleman who was grieving the loss of his daughter-in-law and then most recently his son. And um, just some conversation about how to process that. And so... Um, Michelle was on the switchboard, and she said that that was a very good summary, and she wants some other people to listen to that. I went back and listened to it, and it's I, I'm it's okay. It's certainly not. I, I do about an hour to two hours talk about the termination process or how to say goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories. And we've talked about it in bits and pieces on the Internet show before. However, it's hard to put that rich, meaty process into a, you know, a succinct 5 or 10 or 15 minute presentation. But 
So we've been quite busy in your absence. <laughs> right. Well, I, I tried to, once uh, we lost the signal, I tried to call back in about six times and just could not reconnect with the show. I did have a thought that I wanted to offer, excuse me, <clears throat> in regard to that 10,000-hour thing. And if you think about that, if we get somebody who does an hour's work a day over a period of a year, they've got 365 hours of work. And if they're going to work up to 10,000, uh, and, you know, we've we've stated before that it, from observation, before somebody who's, who really chooses to do this work really gets to the level where they're grasping it and really moving forward, takes five to ten years. And, you know, it kind of ties right in with that whole concept of, of how much attention you have to give to something. And uh, sadly, a lot of people want the results, as you were talking about yesterday. <laughs> they want things to change, but they don't want to change, and they don't want to do what it takes to make that kind of change. And that's an interesting thought about adding another filter. I think that, you know, my experience is that, uh, that sadness and loss, uh, although they're softer, still come from fear, and that is fear that, there's a permanent void in one's life. And so I think it, uh, it still links back to that uh, presence of fear that we've, uh, we've got to have something, and if there is the seeming lack of that something, then there must be loss. As opposed to, <clears throat> I think the alternative, uh, as we spoke about earlier in the week, about unbroken wholeness, and about the uh, the process of, uh, of oneness, you know, where Einstein says if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. And when we live in that optical delusion, we create all kinds of things that aren't true and aren't real. And those things come from fear and hostility. And so I'd say it still ties back in, but I, I certainly... Uh, will you know ruminate on that and uh, and observe and see what it uh, what it looks like and see if there's a, a third filter to be involved well my advice to people in the group is always pretty much the same it's very practically i'm practically oriented i try and say in most of the groups when they begin that what we're offering what i believe we offer in this work is practical tools to improve the quality of one's life. And when I'm working at something and I'm I'm in earnest applying myself and doing the best I can, if it doesn't work, I keep trying something else. Right. So I, <clears throat> I suggested that the people in the group simply try doing the worksheet process using you know the idea that sadness and and getting into their sadness and letting it flow can be as valuable as trying to focus on loving energy and and not separating the two out and if it gets some good results if they end up feeling better at the end then keep doing it but if it leaves them yearning or longing for something else then just keep trying something else you know okay, just keep some with them until it until it works out for them right and, and, of course, I'd, I'd repeat again something I repeat often, and that is don't believe a word that any of us are saying because none of it's true. I love how Einstein, in all his genius and all his scientific knowledge, said that when comp compared with the world of actuality, all of our science is primitive and childlike. 
everything, Tim, that you and I are talking about, although it's practical and it works and we can help move people forward, none of it's true about the ultimate actuality and that the goal of the work, as stated yesterday, I believe it was yesterday we were talking about it, is always to reconnect people back to their wholeness, to their source, or as uh, David Bohm called it, their unbroken wholeness. And when reconnecting with that, we'll get direct instructions. So <clears throat> heaven forbid somebody should take something you or I say and try to pretend that it's a gospel and block guidance that gives them a new piece to the puzzle. You know, over the last 50 years of developing and doing this work, there are so many pieces of the puzzle that have come together for me from awesome people who used the tools and came up with an original connected answer that went, that's it, yes, thank you for that piece of information. So so always remember that the, the, the idea is not to believe anything. Words can never speak of actuality. It can only describe our mind's experience of it and describe tools with which to dissolve the experience when the experience isn't accurate, and then go for your own direct connection, and you'll get direct instructions, and that's where the real thing happens. You know, to, to connect people with their inner teacher, their inner tutor, their intuition is where we really want to go. And if you listen to yesterday, you know, at one point he says, you can deny me, that's okay, and people have made it about him and what he said, but he says, you can deny me, but don't deny the one that sent me. I'm here to connect you with that source. That's what it's all about. And so, you know, unless we get caught up in somebody's belief system or somebody's words, we're using t words to describe tools. Now use the tools and have your own direct experience. And to me, that's when it gets really exciting, when people really, truly do that and come back to that connected space with source. Yeah, that's that's one of the points I tried to make again last night is that we're really just, you know, we're we're using words to try and describe something that is so much more rich and beyond words. It's not even funny. So it isn't that any one word we're saying or or using is the truth. It's simply we're trying to usher people into an experience of as you say, that reconnection with their sacred wholeness and the the excitement that comes with that and i'm talking right down to you know when when people talk about having a physical body the physiological experience of that will lift you to places that are just beyond belief and every cell sings out with light and joy when we're there even in the presence of so-called loss what our mind thinks of as loss we can stay connected to that awesome presence of love and live out of that presence of love. Unless we've got some, our mind has other ideas in it. And that's where in order to heal, you've got to be out of your mind. And the power that Yeshua brought forward in the world with this tool of first century Aramaic forgiveness, showing us how to collapse the output of our minds so that we could step directly into the experience. And Susan's sitting here shaking her head yes, so I'm wondering if she's got a comment about her experience with using the tools. Uh, do you have any thoughts there, Susan? Yes, when my husband died in, my, in 2002, like most people, I was struck with grief until suddenly I had a spark it said, Terry. So I picked up a pen and a piece of paper 
and wrote my husband a letter, first person, present time. And it was a, it became also a sort of uh, diary to pass on to our children because these letters were primarily, do you remember when we did something very special? or had a, a, a special learning process or whatever uh, after if 13 years I still write an occasional letter till first person till present well you leave me with some tears with that one Susan it couldn't be better said by anybody that's awesome and that's that's that experience of connecting and, and recognizing whether in or out of the body we are all connected. And, you know, one of the things when, when my children were small, and, and I watch a lot of parents who, you know, they've gone away for a weekend or something, they come back and they say to their children, did you miss me? And they're programming children into a reality that's not necessary. No, actually, Dad, Mom, I didn't miss you at all. I know you exist, and I know you're doing your life as I'm doing mine. Why would I put into my mind a reality that says, if you're not physically present, then I suffer, and I have loss, and there's something wrong here? All of those things are false ideas planted in the mind. I was talking yesterday about a little bit about music and, and some of the, uh, the thoughts that are uh, structured into the mind through music. You know, how am I going to live without you types of things? And, of course, if one puts the ideas of suffering and pain around any experience into their minds, then they're going to experience suffering and pain in a world where suffering and pain is absolutely, totally, completely unnecessary. And, you know, one of, one of the things that always touches me in a very deep way. One of the, the deepest emotional experiences that I have fairly often is when I see someone who's really, truly functioning as a human being, speaking from that space of truth, which Susan just did. It touches a place of emotion and tears in me, and, and it's still an issue that I work on and work through of all of the unnecessary suffering in the world that could be totally and completely eradicated if people just functioned as human beings, functioned as love, rather than all the things they've been brainwashed with by an insane culture. And our culture is pretty bizarre with some of the things that it teaches its children. And so if you if you haven't engaged yet in that process of forgiveness, you're welcome to go to our website, whyagain.org, you can download the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again, for free in any one of a half a dozen different languages. And in the center of the page, the home page, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a red bullseye, red and white bullseye. If you click on that, it'll open a whole series of links that will walk you through the whole forgiveness process, including 16 different radio shows where either Dr. Kim or Jeannie or myself have walked somebody through step-by-step step, the whole Aramaic forgiveness process. If your physiology is still capable of any form of irritation or upset, pain or trauma, then we invite you to apply that tool and remove that from your structure. Remember, forgiveness isn't about 
I let you off the hook because my physiology, my mind, my emotions are producing pain. Forgiveness is about if my mind, my emotions, or my physiology are producing pain of some sort, then I apply forgiveness to remove the root of the pain. Pain is not in the plan of the universe. It's not part of it. Now, of course, the world of the non-being mind, the mind of hostility or fear, says, well, no pain, no gain. Well, I have a replacement thought, thought for you. No pain, no pain, it's law. It's not required. Whatever happens, all pain is internally produced. If we can live and embrace life as it unfolds, now, does that mean that I have to put up with everything that comes along? No. I have a right to speak up, to hold people accountable for, for behaviors that are off base, to request people to make changes so that life moves more smoothly. But in the meantime, pain is optional. It comes from content of many, many, many generations who bought into a lie, and that is the lie that we are something other than love. If you hold a newborn child, you have a direct experience of human life. And my offering is that you're designed to live out of that 24-7, 365. When I hear about this young man who, because his wife died, uh, commits suicide, you know, that he had hooked his connectedness to love, to his brain's image of her rather than his own direct connection, I, it brings up sadness for me, and I'll, I'll do some work on that one. But as opposed to standing as a true space of love with his wife, who's in a space of dying, and just being the space of love for her, and when she leaves, continuing and carrying on as that space of love, as a true human being. The culture teaches us to do something quite different to hook our happiness up to what other people do, to what other people say, and to what's happening in our lives. And it's simply not required. Forgiveness is the solution, and that's what we're here to offer, is how to reach into your mind and remove literally the very capacity for any form of hostility or fear in any of its thousand different variations. So any other thoughts from you, Dr. Tim, before we check with Jeannie on the phone queue? I'm feeling complete. Great. Well, Jeannie, do we have anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anybody in the chat room with a question? Well, there's a couple things in the chat room. Yes, we do have a caller, but first I wanted to say, um, and we'll have to go back and listen to the rest of that show. Several people in the chat room said it was an awesome show, and Michelle's cool. in there, and she said that uh, um, you were completely minimizing the richness there, Dr. Tim, that um, you were very poignant and practical in the advice that you gave the caller and that it seemed like you were almost channeling to the caller. And so I said, we're definitely going to have to go back and listen to the rest of the show after we got dropped. So, And then um, Michelle, congratulations. She said she recommitted to her support group last night that the summer had been a challenge, but that the group actually processed her and um, she gained even further understanding later after she got home and started talking to her husband. She realized that um, she had just surrendered and a lot of stuff moved and that she was in the flow and just even after he retired for the evening that um, she just kept seeing multiple moments of many miracles 
that were just really hard to deny. So that's awesome. Good job. And thank you both, Dr. Tam and Michelle, for being there to to pick up for us when when we run into issues. And I had just uh, mentioned in the chat room that I, we didn't have our schedule yet for the conference for Thursday and Friday. And so I didn't know I might need to call on her. And so she's already volunteered. She's going to do the switchboard um, Thursday, Friday, and then also Monday since we're going to be journeying back to Heartland on Monday. So thank you very much for filling in and picking up for me when, when I can't do that. It's much appreciated. And Dr. Tim for picking up for us. And just at the spur of the moment, we drop a call and you just pick right up and take off with the callers like you did. So thank you. You are quite welcome and deserving. <laughs> thank you. I love that little saying. Okay, so we do have a caller. It's 901 area code. I think it might be Brenda. Hello, yes, it's Brenda. Hey there, young lady. Welcome. Thank you. I really appreciated your comments on the using the term miss you. And I'm going to um, look at that each time I see my grandbaby again make sure that I use a more appropriate term than that. So thank you for that. I am I think the main thing that we give our, our children, our grandchildren, can always be uplifting and empowering for them in, in terms of see you know, grandpa, grandma's leaving right now, we'll see you in a few days and it's it's so sweet that we have this awesome energy connection anytime you just think of me and you can feel my presence, I think of you and you can feel, you know, giving children instructions that are in harmony with truth rather than the false instructions that the culture gives about pain, suffering, and trauma. It's like it it instills it in them. And then, of course, once it's instilled in somebody, they think it's natural. That's just the way it is. And uh, the truth is all of that is forgivable and we can have different conversations with our loved ones, with our children, with our parents, and even at the point where a parent leaves, we can have a different conversation than, oh, it's lost, it's over, but rather we can carry on that connection. And, you know, some people, when when there's someone passes away, end up with so much trauma and so much pain, and they think it's about that person passing away. But the truth is, it's about what they have not resolved in themselves around their relationship with that person. Take the opportunity while the people in your life are alive to resolve all of the issues that they bring up for you. And if they pass, you'll simply stay connected in love rather than fall back into all the trauma of unresolved issues with them and thinking that that's got something to do with the quality of your relationship or something to do with loving them because it doesn't have anything to do with a whole different arena. I think that's a great advice. And although I've been doing some of that, I do know that I've probably slipped in the miss you um, probably more than once, so I'll be more cognizant of that. The question I have today, I'm working on a mind shifter, and I'd like to tell you what the mind shifter is and just see if there's any adjustments to it or if it appears to be right on. And then I'm going to ask you for a mind shifter for another situation. I'm realizing that my core issue is with power persons. And so the mind shifter that I have been using 
and I've got three pages full now, so I'm thinking that it's probably effective, but you might be able to um, empower it a little bit more. It is safe and healing, and I am at perfect peace in the face of imagined or real power persons, including myself. Sounds right on to me. Sounds right on track. That'll open the space for you. Okay. Anybody who's and got issues with uh, with the power person in your life, you might want to make note of that one. Thank you. The other one, request for a mind shifter, I'm, I'm not quite getting clear on this, is I'm finding myself faced with um, civil trial without the ability to um, hire an attorney. And uh, my son is involved with this. And I am struggling each day. I'm doing my worksheets and everything I can do about not being equipped with the knowledge to actually do this process. And I did make contact with the... um, opposing attorney to get some insight, and he was quite gracious and um, has is assisting in knowing the procedures. I'm feeling that I don't know that I can acquire all the knowledge that I need in order to go through this process. So I'd like a mind shifter that would assist in getting myself into a place of um, peace. <laughs> well, the first one, I'd, I'd go back to Yeshua on this one, and he says, if you go before the judge, be not concerned for the word will be put in your mouth. Oh, thank you. So, you know, perhaps a mind shift along the lines of, I can rely on Yeshua's instruction that says, I can be at peace, and the words will be put into my mouth. So we're right beside a railroad back here, so you're probably hearing that railroad engine behind us. The other mind shifter that I'd suggest perhaps using would be that of, I am always supported. I always what? I, I, I am always supported. Okay. But by everyone I make contact with. Oh, good. Including judges, attorneys, prosecutors, and agents of the government. Oh, great. Always supported and cared for by. And as you become that space, you know, whatever position one's in in their non-being mind and their post for attack, when you can radiate that high energy wave powerfully enough, there is a space in each of those people that is also human. And that will tend to draw that out, <clears throat> pardon me, and as they step into their humanness, can't do anything else but be generous and abundant and supportive. That's just the way human nature is. So when you become the space that is so human, that is so the presence of love, 
it wakes up that love in everyone. I think you've probably heard the show where we talk about the video that uh, Jeannie has a link to. If you go to our our website and uh, look for the story of Christian the Lion, and here's the true story about these two young men who are at Harrods Department Store in London, and they they have a cub lion on sale, and they buy it, and they take it home, and they raise this lion until it becomes so huge, a male lion, that they can't handle it anymore. They crate it up, and they send it to Africa. A year later, they contact the people who run the preserve that they've sent the lion to, and they say they want to come and visit. And the people from the preserve tell them they're crazy, you know, this this lion is tagged, it's a wild beast, it has its own pride, and if they got near it, it would tear them to pieces. And they simply fall through with, we want to come see our lion. <clears throat> when you watch the video, you see the the guard with a high-power rifle because they're, I guess, fairly sure they're going to have to shoot this uh, this lion. And they have a fair idea where it is because the lion is tagged, so they go out looking, and, and these two guys are standing there calling out. The lion's name is Christian. Christian, Christian, and and all of a sudden you see the camera trained on this lion that comes kind of sauntering down a hill and then breaks into a full gallop toward them. And I always remember the first time I saw it, it's like, I hope this is the right lion. And this huge male lion jumps up on them, wraps its paws around them, and starts licking and hugging on them just like a big house cat. And, you know, it's pretty much the scene, but... But what's even more powerful to me in that particular video, if you watch it carefully, is that I'm sure that this lion did not speak to its wife at the top of the hill and say, by the way, these are my friends, don't eat them. But the female, who's a totally wild lion that's never been exposed to humans, comes down the hill with her mate and walks over to these guys like a giant kitten and rubs against their legs and lets them pet her. (laughs) <laughs> now, how did this happen? My take is the only way it can possibly happen is here are three friends joined in love, creating an energy field. Christian Lyon and these two young men. And the female is drawn right into that same energy and acts out of the energy that's governing her. Most people are governed by the energies within them, oftentimes stimulated by what's around them. As you become... Christian the lion, those who would normally attack have to change their mode of operation. So I'd hold the space for that in you, that every bit of fear, hostility, grief, rage, sadness, loss that's involved, you're freed from, your son as well, and that's what opens the space to function from a new place. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, I did a lot of that process when I went through the criminal trial, and that was um, what you're suggesting I do now. And I've been working with it um, to a a certain extent, but this mind shifter, um, I think, will get me past the stuck place. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And a train just went by here. So we got trains all over the place. (laughs) Anyway, so, all right, thank you very much. And, you know, anybody who's listening, if you'll just keep a space for me. We hold it. We're on it. And that a competent attorney um, will surface for us. And if not, that we have the knowledge to 
uh, go through this and the love to go through it. So thank you so yes. much. Bye-bye. Well, we certainly hold the space and, and know that uh, you'll be guided perfectly. Thank you. All right. Let me do some blessings. Already. Thank you. All right. So, Jeannie, anything else happening in the chat room? Anybody on the phone queue? Okay, we're just waiting for Jeannie to uh, to adjust her position so our phones don't feedback. We're in a huge room. We're actually in downtown Hattiesburg, right on the main gray, in a, a an historical building called the Oddfellows Building. Uh, Susan's uh, daughter owns the building and has an art gallery here. And we're sitting up on the third floor in a pretty awesome um, historical building. And uh, so in order for Jeannie to speak, she's got to, move out of the room where we get feedback. So, Jeannie, um, what do you got happening, sweetie? Yeah, uh, so nobody has their hand up, and there's no questions in the chat room. However, I did get an email from someone, and uh, it says, uh, I'm just wondering about the 77 times 70. Does anybody really work on it? I noticed from my experience that people change their habits slow, step by step. If I'm talking about something big to do, like a 77 times 70, then a lot of them quite quickly. I'm, I don't think English is her first language, so um, she uses a translator. I noticed your wonderful worksheet looks like all together, like you wanted to put everything on one sheet. I understand there's always some reason but what do you think? So I think what she's asking is, you know, can you do it, work on things slower? Why would you do 77 times 70 around one issue? And why do you have so much on one worksheet? Okay, some good questions. Well, one of the reasons, you know, we normally travel six to ten months of the year. I think last year with 13,000 miles, uh, 30 cities, and something like 180 workshops. That's a lot of paper to carry. So, yes, we condense it and keep it to one page. You know, when we're paying our own expenses and uh, we're doing our workshops free, it gets costly to print paper and carry it around. So, so yes, we do condense the worksheets. I mean, you could easily take that worksheet and spread it out to 10 pages. What many people do as they're using the worksheet is they use that as a template. They have a journal or a, a notebook that they use I know Jeannie does this and has a blank worksheet to follow, but then writes the whole worksheet out longhand. That can be a really powerful tool, and they might end up writing 20 pages uh, from one worksheet. So the idea isn't to get your whole process onto that piece of paper, but to give people a format to follow. There's one gentleman, actually you've heard Patrick uh, Quinn on the show before, and he's a fellow who came to Heartland back about uh, 18 years ago. I think it's going on 18 now. And he was uh, supposed to be checked into the VA for a long-term lockup for uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from Vietnam. And uh, the day he was supposed to go, he uh, went to the VA and they didn't have a bed for him, so he left. And on his way to the woods, which was his escape, he uh, stopped to see his sister. His sister had helped to do some editing on my book, and so suggested he come down to Heartland 
and uh, and check it out. Patrick moved to Heartland uh, just a few days later. He flushed all of his drugs, as he said, to the porcelain gone down the toilet he went, and stopped taking drugs, totally and completely cold turkey from, I don't necessarily suggest that people do cold turkey, especially from certain drugs, but that was his choice and what he did. And when he was at, he came to Laws of Living last summer at Heartland, and he shared that, you know, he's been doing five worksheets a day for 18 years since he started doing this work. And he was thinking about taking a couple of weeks off and decided that as he tapped in intuitively to taking a couple of weeks off of doing worksheets, that he wasn't going to do that, that he wanted to form a 20-year club. And so he's committed to doing five worksheets a day until he at least commit, finishes his 20 years of five worksheets a day. Probably Julie is the only other person on the planet. There are others I know I, I run into. I think last time we saw Nanae, she was up around 4,000 worksheets. I was in a, uh, a restaurant. I, I don't remember. I think it might have been Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't remember where it was. And a guy in a business suit walked over to me and, and said, are you Michael Rice? And I said, yes. And he reached into his pocket and took out a folded eight and a half, a stack of folded eight and a half by 11 sheets and showed it to me. And he was numbering his worksheets. And it was, if I remember correctly, worksheet number 1841. When, when Yeshua says, you know, the, the question that was asked of him is, how many times do we need to forgive? Is, is seven times enough? And his answer in Aramaic was, 77 times 70. Now, I'm sure that the fishermen that were listening to him did not all of a sudden start to multiply 77. Let's see, 77 is 49, 4, I'm sure they weren't doing it. wasn't a number probably that they even started to comprehend. So he used an incomprehensible number not to represent something literal, but rather, you know, 7 in numerology is the number of complete is is the number of completion and zero is infinity. He added a seven and a zero to that. What I hear him saying is you will do an infinite amount of work around any given issue in your life until you've dropped into the deepest pained, traumatized, diseased parts of your mind, brought love to that part of your mind and healed it. And so you can't storm the gates. You can't do it all overnight. It's a process. If you were to go into some of the deeper issues of your bloodline and you were to change them in an instant overnight, probably you'd be non-functional because that energetic pattern is so integrated into so many aspects of your persona, your personality, your mask, that your life would totally fall apart and you'd be non-functional. It's a process and you enter the process, and you keep working with the process until you're complete with it. So that would be my uh, my take on the 77 times 70. And, and buy yourself a nice journal, you know, one that looks good to you, that you feel really comfortable with, and uh, and start to write your worksheets out longhand. It's a powerful way to do it. Yeah, that's, that that's the, what I do. Um, yeah, actually, I take it even one step further besides just writing the worksheet out longhand is I now format it as a letter. And, you know, my name for God is Yahweh. And so I write it like I'm writing a letter to him as if he didn't know what was going on. 
And, you know, it's Dear Yahweh, you know, this is a situation that happened and brought up these feelings for me and this is the thoughts that I have. And so I actually write it out like I'm, you know, I'm still following the steps, but I'm writing it as if I'm writing a letter to the creator, to source, you know. And uh, to me, that takes it just even a little bit deeper. And we do have a caller. Let's say hello to our caller. Area code nine seven zero. You're on the air. Nine seven zero. Welcome to the show. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. We got you. Well, we said we got you, and then they dropped off. So hopefully, they will call right back in. I'm not sure. That might have been Stuart. So if if it was Stuart, maybe uh, just dial back in and we'll hold for a second and and Jeannie will connect you when you put your hand up. And of course, anybody who's in maybe. the phone queue, if you put one, that puts your hand up. Go ahead, Jeannie. I was just going to say, you know, maybe he was like we were yesterday and he hit a space where the signal dropped or something. But So hopefully he'll call right back in. And our call-in number is, if you're on one of those stations that we can't see on our control panel, our call-in number is 646-200-4169, and that allows you to just listen to the show. And if you have a question and you push one through the magic of technology, Jeannie will be looking at the control panel in her computer, and a little hand will go up, and she'll know that you, of all the people on the, the switchboard, want to talk. And, and we have so, 970 back. Okay, let's Hello, can you hear me? There, we got you this time. Okay, this is Stuart in Colorado. Hello, Dr. Michael, Jeannie, and Dr. Tim. Great show I so far. And so, I'm sorry? I say, I thought that was you. Yep, it's it's moi. So, and and uh, and lovely hearing from Susan. Thank you uh, for all your sharing, Susan. Um, what an inspiration you are. Um, so, anyway, I... I, I'm mainly calling today not because of a question or a problem um, or anything like that, but something kind of fun that I wanted to share uh, that came, I came up with um, in kind of my meditation yesterday morning, uh, and I, I was kind of really connected to, to Ruka. And, uh, <clears throat> so I noticed that sometimes with even in myself um, and other people, when the word worksheet comes up, there's kind of a, you know, it's like I got to do a worksheet. Um, and uh, and one of the people that really expresses that quite uh, elegantly uh, um, on the show is Erica. She's, she kind of, I think, expresses it in a way that um, I think some, some of us are feeling. And so some of us have a, a little bit of a feeling of like, Ugh, you know, when a worksheet uh, topic comes up. I, you know, when I do the worksheet, it's the best tool I've ever come up with, or you've, you've ever, you know, I've ever used, I should say. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. And uh, they always bring me back to uh, um, a nice, peaceful, you know, feeling. Sometimes it takes a couple. So what I came up with yesterday is I was like, going, God, is there another name for the worksheet that I could come up with to help me? And uh, so um, what came up for me was the word. Focus, and if you bear with me for a minute, I'll explain what that is. What actually first came up for me was, what does a worksheet do? 
Um, it's opening conscious awareness sheet. And so that's what OCAS is, O-C-A-S. And so then I got a little curious and I was guided to, yeah, and I got a little curious and I, and I, and I got onto the computer and I went, well, I wonder what O-C-A-S, if I Google it, what comes up? So what it comes up is in an aircraft, it, it's a abbreviation for a obstacle collision avoidance system. And so, cool. how, so how it relates is, so when I have an obstacle, the collision avoidance system is the worksheet. So uh, the definition of the, the collision avoidance system is the obstacle collision avoidance system, OCAS, is designed to alert pilots if their aircraft is in immediate danger of flying into an obstacle. So that kind of relates. And so I was kind of like, wow, thank you. Thank you, Ruka. You know, it's like, and, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, Marissa Tarantome, at one point when she's on the stand, she goes, she goes, wait, but there's more. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there is more. So I kind of go in and I went, focus. Okay, that almost sounds like a Spanish word. So I put it in the Spanish translate. And it comes up and it means geese. So then I think, hmm, well, what is the spiritual totem meaning of a goose? So I bring that up. The spiritual totem meaning of a goose is communication imprinting your life path. And here's what it says about it. The goose totem reflects a stimulation of childhood thrills and the belief in stories and legends. The stories we loved as children reflect our life quest. Think about the stories that affected you the most and see what in them you took into your adult life. The goose also helps communication, especially with the written word. Hmm, worksheet. Um, it also is a symbol of fertility and marital fidelity. Goose people have an innate belief that there is just one special person for each one. Since, goose, or since geese are vegetarians, those with goose totem should always incorporate plenty of vegetables into their diet. The goose was a sacred bird in the Roman temples of Juno, associated with the north wind of the Greek mythology. Hey. Excuse me. Sorry, dogs are barking. Um, and the totem of the winter solstice in the Native American. Their haunting call, call speaks to the fulfilled promise that, uh, that great quests bring. So it, I'll, I'll sum it up. We'll say the moral of the story is if you're feeling a bit stuck, just goose it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. And you know what? I cannot take credit for that. That is that is Ruka all day long. I just listened. I hear you. That's cool. It sounds like the dog is giving his impression of a goose there in the background. Absolutely. So anyway, um, anyone having trouble with the, the, the word worksheet, you can always say I'm going to do an ocus. There you go. There you go. into the vocabulary. That's cool. And a whole, a whole awesome. thing ties together very powerfully. Well, anyway, anyway, I, I, that came up uh, yesterday, but it wasn't appropriate to share on yesterday's show because it was a pretty deep show and uh, thought there might be an opening for it today. And uh, plan on leaving to, to, to head your way 
first part of next week sometime. Don't have a certain day yet. I'm still kind of winterizing the house and getting things settled. But uh, um, sometime by no later than the mid part of next week, I'll be heading your way. So looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, keep us posted. All right. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. Okay, blessings and uh, and travel blessings as well. So we're down to about five minutes. Susan looks like she might have had something else to share with us. Do you have another thought, Susan? Yes. I just had a thought that uh, preparation for Michael started when I was five years old. When I recognized I was part of a world I didn't know. We were... We traveled to spend Christmas with an uncle, and on the way home, the car froze up, and a beautiful, wonderful, big black lady came out of her cottage and invited my mother, my aunt, and me into her house to warm by her beautiful fireplace. I remember it to today, and I will never forget Grace Abernathy, who taught me to look for the best in people. They'll live up to your expectations and more. Awesome, awesome thought. And uh, and that would be a, a very useful thought for... Um our caller who was asking about the uh, the legal situation that will be really useful I'm sure to uh, to be in that space and we certainly open our minds and our hearts to be that space and not necessarily being cognizant of where you're at in the process just know that our energy will follow you and be holding you and uplifting you and opening the space of everyone that you touch and then a whole journey for the highest and best outcome for everyone involved that's the uh, the whole purpose of this work is to to reach that space and uh, yes when you uh, when you talk about being five you know Susan one of the things that um, that came up for me once in a in a still point session this goes back about probably 35 38 years ago was that I went back to a memory of being about three months of age and knowing exactly why I was here. And that all I needed to do was to wait for my body to grow in order to do this work. And and that same breath session, I became aware that my father had come to do this work. And instead, he got involved in the work world, in the, the world's games, and never did move forward with what he really came for. And that created some division for us and gave me many opportunities to learn forgiveness. But I, I oftentimes hearken back to that full body experience of knowing exactly why I was here at three months of age, exactly what was supposed to unfold, and then just do what I was told to do to take it to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So so that's what we're about doing. And, and yes, and uh, as you tap in, Stuart, and you talk about the, uh, the stories that impact us, I think that's very true. And as we each look back at those stories that impacted us in our youth, we can bring it forward for great strength and wisdom. And so we're here to uh, support every person that listens or doesn't listen to being connected to that awesome wisdom that lies within each of us, the genius that is ours, the truth about each one of us, 
that we all started out the same way as this awesome active presence of love, and we hold the space for every mind, heart, and being on the planet to be connected to that love 24-7, 365, and in doing so, create the best year yet of their eternal lives. We're here to support you in that. It's an awesome gift to give the world. If the show's been meaningful for you, download it, pass it on to somebody else, bring a stranger to the show tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.